Sherry Atwood founded Support Bay back in 2011 when she found no good solution for managing childcare payments and other payments related to a divorce and supporting the children from both uh, both of the the parents. So she created Support Pay has raised gone on to raise 7.1 million bucks. Most recently, did a four million dollar round of funding in 2016. Did about caught 300 or 400 grand in revenue. Now she has 2,000 paying customers, paying on average 10 bucks per month for 20 grand in monthly recurring revenue. But add another 80 grand on top of that, which in the form of 120 dollar setup fees from new users. She's converting to paid customers at the rate of about 12 percent of website visitors, converting into an active user with just three percent annual churn. So very sticky. This is episode 714. Coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from Ryan. This CEO doesn't care that his VC has him by the throat. But first, here's today's episode. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Sherry Otwood. She is the founder and CEO of a company called Support Pay. She's also a former Silicon Valley executive and a child of a bitter divorce who also went through her own divorce a few years ago. She's created Support Pay when her search for a better way to exchange and communicate about child support system systems with her ex-husband proved totally fruitless. Support Pay is the first ever automated child support payment platform poised to transform the complex, time-consuming, and stressful process that impacts nearly 300 million parents, exchanging more than $900 billion in child support and child expenses worldwide. With Support Pay, today's, moderns, today's modern families can spend less time managing and arguing about child support and more time focused on raising happy, healthy children. Prior to starting Support Pay, she was a former vice president at Symantec and also had been named number five of 50 women in tech dominating Silicon Valley and top 40 under 40 executive in Silicon Valley. She's energetic, resourceful, and lives by the model. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Sherry, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Okay, very good. So, my honestly, the, the first question that comes to my brain is you are incentivized to make sure people get divorced because you need more customers. Absolutely not. I'm actually going to lower the divorce rate because I'm going to show people it doesn't get better. It gets worse after a divorce. So you might as well just stay married. If no one gets divorced, <laughs> how do you make money? Because these millennials these days uh, actually aren't getting married anymore. They're just having babies. So it's actually not the divorce. It's uh, it, if people stopped having children, then yeah, maybe I'd have a problem. Uh, I'd say but... you're safe there. Exactly. So tell us, again, I give the bio, but kind of tell us what support pay does. Give us a real life example of maybe how when your ex-husband used it, if you did, or if you invented it after. No, we use it today. I invented it uh, because I didn't have a solution. And uh, what I found was, um, first, child support's made up of two things. One, a base payment that's uh, usually monthly that's meant to cover only basic living expenses. Mm -hmm. But then there's all these additional expenses, uh, education, child care, medical, extracurricular activities that parents have to share. And typically what you hear is the person paying saying, hey, I have no problem paying. I just want to know that the money's going to my kid. And the person trying to get the money back is saying, you know what, I'm not even getting enough to financially support the kid. So I was actually doing a, an expense report when I was working at Symantec and thought, wait, when you do an expense report, you uh, enter an expense, you attach a receipt. Why can't we do the same thing for child support? 
till they actually see the money's going to their kid. And then there's no argument about where the money's going or how much it actually really costs to raise a child. Yep. Now, uh, what year did you launch this company in? I started the company in 2011, uh, looking for every reason to not do it. Mm -hmm. uh, as I say, I'm the worst uh, example of an entrepreneur as a woman over the age of 30, single mom in Silicon Valley. I don't have any parents. I don't have a spouse. I had no backup plan, and I didn't have a tech degree. Uh, so I had the idea. I kept looking and trying to find people to tell me not to do it. Um, and luckily for me and for them, they say, hey, this is a great idea and not to mention much needed. Where were you financially at this point in your life? You obviously were an executive at Symantec, but where were you financially? Help us feel that. Yeah, so I grew up super poor. I was raised by a single mom who was a, a drug addict, alcoholic, only one in my family to go to college. So luckily for me on my career side, I uh, got super, you know, was one of the youngest VPs ever at Symantec. So I had saved a bunch of money from that. What's a bunch, uh, so Sherry, if you don't mind me asking? I had multiple houses, cars, boats. Um, I got a divorce and gave him a house to walk away. I had stock and equity. Um, plus, I had about two years of salary in the bank. Okay. So that, so, I mean, can we say a couple hundred grand in the bank, something like that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And so I thought, hey, if I, as a single mom and without a spouse or a backup plan, um, I can take the risk for about a year uh, and and try to, to work this out. And so I bootstrapped uh, in the beginning um, and, you know, taught myself how to code, built the first product myself, uh, and again, tried to find every reason not to do it. But there was just nothing out there that was um, addressing this problem. And what is the, I mean, you mentioned you bootstrapped when you started. Uh, have you raised capital today? And if so, how much? Yes, we've raised uh, about $7.1 million. We just closed our Series A in December. And how much was the Series A for? Series A was for $4.1 Okay, and what, what made that switch for you where you went from I'm bootstrapping this to let me raise capital? Yeah, about a year into it is just I kept – I've talked to over 1,000 uh, parents – family law professionals, judges, child support services, uh, and everybody I talk to is saying, you know, there's nothing out there to support all of these parents. And it's something that uh, I desperately needed. I get calls from vendors saying either I need this or I wish I had this when I was a kid or I wish I had this when I was paying child support. Um, so just the, the sheer need uh, that I would hear from people over and over again or customers saying thank you so much you've ended the the financial fighting that I'm having to do in front of my kids. And talk to me about, well, this is appropriate in money. H how do you generate revenue? So it's a subscription service. So it starts at uh, $9.99 a month or 10 bucks a month. Uh, and that enables a parent to use the platform. Uh, both parents, it's more valuable. Both parents use it, but both parents don't have to be on it. And then we also have a free version so that if one parent chooses to pay and the other parent doesn't, it doesn't impact the paying parent. Mm -hmm. So each parent pays independently of the other. And so what is the average, you mentioned you have multiple plan. What's the average customer paying you per month? It's 10 bucks a month. It averages 10 bucks a month. Uh, that, that's billed annually or it's fourteen ninety nine if it's billed monthly. I see. Okay. So 10 bucks a month if they pay 120 bucks upfront or fourteen ninety nine per month. Exactly. Okay. Very cool. And so you mentioned you launched this back in 2013, right? Or did you say 2011? 2011, I started it and I um, actually started building the company or, you know, hiring people in 2013. Many females that are your age or males for that matter, if they don't know how to code, probably have given up hope. So you're kind of an inspiration there. How'd you teach yourself how to code? Well, I started with uh, the website. So basic HTML, CSS, PHP. Uh, so building out the, the website. And then I, it was out of necessity. So but where'd you go? Is, was there a class you went through nope, a website? Books. Books. I bought books. What I books? Had books. 
I had the um, how to code JavaScript, uh, HTML, CSS. I went to Barnes and Noble and picked up every book I could possibly find. Interesting. Very cool. Okay, so you taught yourself to code. That's impressive. And then update us on your team now. I assume it's not just you. Correct. We have now 25 employees. So I just hired uh, 16 employees in the past three months. Uh, so we're all, uh, we recently located to, uh, relocated to Sacramento, California, okay. um, from Silicon Valley. And yeah, now we have, uh, 25 employees made up of our development team, sales and marketing. How many of the 25 are engineers? Uh, Ooh, that's a good question. 14. Okay. And, yeah. and why'd you make the move to Sacramento from Silicon Valley? I, so after I raised my first um, three million in capital, I realized I could not sustain a business in Silicon Valley. How much were you so burning per month, like uh, in was, cash? At that time, I was only burning ninety thousand. Okay. A month. Okay. But it wasn't even the burn rate that was the problem. The problem I was having is um, when it came to technical talent, I could get them, and they'd be super excited. And about you know six months into it, another company down the road would uh, come and offer them more cash. Yep. And I couldn't compete with that. Is your equity table a mess now because of that? Absolutely. How, 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 what would you have done differently? Um, what I would have done differently is I think I, number one, I would have focused on revenue a lot earlier. So at the time, you know, I think as you're probably well aware, right, June, March of last year, the whole world when it came to investment changed and it went from active users or a number of customers to amount of revenue and thereby when you're not, uh, you know, focused on revenue, um, you're much more dependent on outsider venture capital in order to sustain the business. Yep. What were and you so doing at that point? What were you doing in revenue? Uh, we, I didn't launch revenue until July of last year. So I okay. was giving the product away for free and I would had about 30,000 customers, but I was focused on just getting customers, not trying to raise, um, charge them for it. How much, how much, uh, transaction volume were they processing through your system? They were processing about at that time or now at that time, at that time, they were processing about, I, about $3 million a month in child support. Got it. And what is it today or last month? That would have been April, 2017. We're looking at uh, about 14 million a month in child support. Wow. And you don't take any cut of that. You just stick with your flat fee. Correct. Okay. And, and, uh, how many customer paying customers are you at today? Uh, today, we have over 43,000 customers, and we have about um, almost 2,000 paying customers. Okay. So what I did was I didn't I didn't want to charge the people that I would have been giving the product away for free. So we only started charging new customers, and then we have been um, and are in the process of launching additional features that will be premium features that will be able to charge um, our customers. Got it. So you've got 43,000 users and then 2,000 customers paying you 10 bucks per month. Yep. Okay. So, so I can, I can break that down and assume you're doing in terms of monthly recurring revenue, about 20 grand. Uh, no, because we have some of that is monthly. So we're doing about right now, I think we're close to a hundred thousand a month. Okay. Got it. Um, well, so, so something's wrong with my math. Cause if I take a hundred thousand and divide that by your, by your 2000 customers, that comes out to a monthly ARPU of around 50 bucks, which is five times the 10 bucks, $10 point. You told me, where am I doing my math wrong? Uh, it's a, it's $200 up front or sorry, $120 up front. Okay. Right. Per user. Uh -huh. So we get that. And so we're getting the monthly users and then we multiply that also by the 1499 or it's $15 a month. Oh, I see. Okay. So, so that, that, that hundred grand number you just told me takes into account kind of one time fees. That's one time Correct. plus recurring, right? 
Correct. Okay, so look, that's a nice thing because obviously it helps you recover cash from acquisition quickly. But if you just look at your pure play SaaS model, uh, if you didn't add any new customers next month, you'd do, and, and assuming churn is about you know normal, you'd get, you'd have about twenty grand in revenue. Yes, of just monthly recurring, yeah. just the monthly fees. Yes, got it. Why why put such a high barrier to entry for folks to start using you? Why put that one hundred twenty bucks up front? Uh, well, we don't. So it's a free uh, 30 day trial that they okay. can use the system. And then we have a free version of the product. So that has limited functionality mm -hmm. that doesn't impact. You can use it on a day to day basis. So the value of our product is not um, what's happening on day to day. It's mm -hmm. the actual history. So, so what do people, people pay 120 for? to have that certified history that oh. they need over time so they can have access to their uh, information because at any point in time, if they have to go back to court, they have to provide a complete history of all the child support made or received. We also provide the certified court records that they can provide that and then for them to be able to submit that. So oh, the value to them is not the day-to-day -day submitting the expenses. The value is that long-time history and proof that Got they it. need. When you went out, you're, you're savvy. You're from the Valley. When you went, you said your last round was 4 million, right? Correct. When you went out and raised that, um, how did the investors value the one-time payment revenue versus the true recurring revenue? Um, I don't think there wasn't a one versus the other because it was a monthly. I mean, the yearly is something that will happen over time yearly and we've shown from a churn rate perspective that we have very little churn once we get an active user what is it what's churn on an active user uh churn on an active user is about three percent right now annually or monthly annually okay got it and and what do you define active active is they've logged in and they use the system at least once a month okay got it um and, and what percentage of of kind of free users you mentioned you had forty three thousand of them end up i guess i can do this math end up converting into an active user uh, well, right now, our conversion rate to an active user for the new users from, let's see, from all the way to, if you look at the entire marketing funnel, mm -hmm. we're getting about a 12% from visitor to paid user. Okay. So if I, if you, if your website gets a hundred thousand visits in May, 2017, you, you'll get about a hundred, you said you'll get about 1200 of them converting into a paid customer. Correct. Okay, got it. So you're getting less visits than that, obviously, because right, you're at 2000 customers currently. Yeah. yeah. Okay, interesting. So um, what I mean, though, again, same question, though, when you went out and raised that $4 million round, did you did you and there and the question was, hey, Sherry, how much revenue are you doing? Did you say we're doing a 240,000 like we're at 240,000 bucks in ARR? Or did you say we'd have that plus we have this, you know, one time, you know, subscription fee that doesn't recur? And, and did they what I'm asking is like, did they build that into your valuation? They built that into the valuation, but for us, the bigger valuation is you look at the problem here, and if you look in the U.S. alone, there's 55 million parents mm -hmm. that have this problem, with 1.2 million new parents having this problem every year. Globally, mm -hmm. there's 300 million parents um, that are exchanging over $900 billion. So today, we're making money off of that subscription service. Obviously, in the future, we're going to be making money off transactions and transaction volume as well. Mm -hmm. So the question that you always have is, you go after revenue, yes, but then if you're first uh, mover advantage, first to market, how do you capitalize on that and get people in? Because once, as I've shown from the churn rate, once they're in, they're in, we're locked in, we have their data, they're going to come back to us because they can't go anywhere else for it. And again, you said 12% of, of visitors convert into an active paying customer and those people correct churn today. at less than 3% annually per, month, uh, yeah, per year. That's correct. That's okay. today. Yep.
Interesting. And, and so, what, go ahead. Yeah. So, so in the beginning, it was focusing on just getting the market and getting out there before there was any other com- competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in March of last year, March and April, that's when kind of the whole fundraising um, picture changed. And at that point in time, then it was all about revenue. And so we had to quickly change our go-to-market strategy as well as our development and really focus on revenue. I wasn't focused on revenue at the time. I was just focused on getting active, happy users Mm -hmm. and a product that people wanted to use and tell people about. Um, What was total 2016 revenue? Uh, 2016, I don't have those at the top of my head. Or range. A couple hundred thousand. Okay, but below 600,000? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And, and how did you, so I'm looking at some of your investors. How did you get a company like Salesforce Ventures to put money into this? So that was an interesting one. Um, I actually walked in to talk to Salesforce and what people don't realize is beyond the uh, users uh, or the, the consumers, you and I as taxpayers, we spend $6 billion every year to build and maintain child support systems in the U.S. alone. Every state has their own system. They're all custom built Mm -hmm. and they're all on average 10 years or older and made on mainframe. Salesforce, obviously incredibly successful, has done a great job in the private sector, but hasn't had a lot of penetration in the government space. And so they're trying to move uh, government applications to the cloud. And I happen to have an application that would get them into the government space quickly and something that, again, $6 billion alone is being spent on this. Yeah. So they're they're learn they, they put money in really because they're going to be able to learn from your monthly updates. It's an information right kind of thing. No, so I'm actually built on the force.com platform. Oh, I see. I see. Got so I'm it. built on it. So we're yeah. So going after eventually at some point, um, you know, converting these consumer base to actually go after the government space. And then since I'm built on the force.com platform, it would give them an in into the government. Understood. Um, and then we had back in episode 129, the guy who really invested in Elon Musk uh, before anybody else, Tim Draper. Uh, Draper is also an investor in your company. Uh, how'd you land those guys? I got a great introduction to him and, you know, he saw the value of the product and really saw, you know, the value more on the social side, right? So our goal here, and I'm not in this to be, to make money. If I was wanted to make money, I'd be back in Silicon Valley as a corporate executive. Um, My goal here is I was that kid where my parents fought constantly about money. I felt like that's all they cared about. Um, And unfortunately, when parents no longer live together, um, the only time they ever see each other is when they're exchanging the kid and those turn into these financial conversations. So I really wanted to end the fighting that happens you know, which impacts all of us socially. And so Tim not only saw the business value, but also the social value mm-hmm. of, hey, this is happening in the world. How can we, um, you know, reduce the amount of conflict that kids have to witness when their parents are no longer, um, you know, together? Got it. I know you guys enjoy listening to every episode each morning, but what if there was an easy way for you to get all of the data I capture on my podcast in a very simple Excel-like format where you just go there, you view it, you sort all the companies by revenue or CAC or ARPU or lifetime value or churn or gross margin or valuation, whatever you want. You can now get it. I spent $25,000 to build a beautiful piece of website. Okay, that's what we'll call it a beautiful piece of website. It's getlatka.com. G-E-T-L-A-T-K-A dot com. Now here's the deal. This data is super valuable. I think Mattermark, CB Insights, PitchBook, they do a great job with data, but they don't tell you revenue and customer counts and revenue per employee and gross margin. This is stuff I have that nobody else has because I've done the interviews. If you want to be and get an advantage, I'm only giving it to 10 new people every month. 
10 people. So if you're hearing this now, you're probably one of the first. Go to gitlatka.com and sign up immediately. It's free to use, free to check out, but it's a great resource. I'm only giving it to 10 people every month so that it's a real advantage. You know, if I give it to everybody, it's not an advantage area anymore. So only 10. Go to gitlatka.com for the top 200 B2B SaaS companies and all the data laid right there for you to study, analyze, interpret, and get an unfair advantage. That's G-E-T-L-A-T-K-A.com. Got it. That makes good sense. Sherry, let's wrap up here with the famous five. You ready? Okay. All right. Number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite, uh, what got you here won't get you there. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, number two, what is your favorite online tool like HostGator? Uh, my favorite, Stack Exchange. Number three, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? A, sorry, a what? A CEO that you're following or studying right now. Oh, yeah. A CEO you're following or studying. Uh, not one in particular, obviously, looking at uh, Sheryl Sandberg, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Elon Musk, and what they've been able to do, as well as um, Mark Benioff. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Four. Holy mackerel. How do you, how do you stay alive? Hey, that's what you got to do as a CEO, entrepreneur, and a single mother to a 13-year-old. <laughs> why do you have to, Why, though? Why? I don't understand. How do you, that must be so unhealthy. No, I catch, I try to catch up on the weekends. I've just, I've never slept. I've been working since I was 12. So I'm used to, you know, four hour, four to six hours is a good, good night's sleep. Okay. And what's your current situation? I well, obviously you said you're, are, are you remarried or you're still single with one kid? No, I'm single with one kid. Okay. And, um, usually I ask age. Cause then I ask, take us back to your 20 year old self and, and tell us, uh, tell us a lesson you wish you knew. Uh, 20 year old self. Ooh. I don't know. As I tell my daughter, don't marry the man you meet at a bar in Tijuana. Uh, is that what you did? Her. Yeah, I, met, uh, I got married at 19, right? So that's what I say. Um, uh, but as far as just work is concerned, I'd say, yeah, enjoy the enjoy the path. Enjoy the lesson as you go. And, and you know, don't worry so much about getting uh, getting there. Enjoy the path while you get there. There you guys have it from Sherry Atwood, founded Support Bay back in 2011 when she found no good solution for managing child care payments and other payments related to a divorce and supporting the children from both uh, both of the, the parents. So she created Support pay has raised gone on to raise 7.1 million bucks most recently did a four million dollar round of funding in 2016 did about caught 300 or 400 grand in revenue now she has 2,000 paying customers paying on average 10 bucks per month for 20 grand in monthly recurring revenue but add another 80 grand on top of that which in the form of 120 setup fees from new users she's converting to paid customers at the rate of about 12 percent of website visitors converting into an active user with just three percent annual churn so very sticky Sherry, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode with Sherry, go back and listen to Ryan yesterday. You'll never guess what salary he gave up to launch his startup. 